This is the Horse Talk Show Podcast with Louisa Barton. Welcome back to the Horse Talk Show presented by Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital Broadcasting from Ocala, Marion County, Florida, the horse capital of the world. I'm your host, Louisa Barton. Suzanne Pierce from DAC Vitamins and Minerals is co-hosting today. And our guest, Corey Rogers, who will be chatting to us at nine o'clock about all of his success wearing his nice Seminole feed store shirt this morning. And joining us now by phone, we have Dr. Abigail Kent. Good morning, Dr. Kent. Morning. Lovely to have you back on the show with us again. We are going to talk about tetanus this morning, which is an often fatal disease caused by a potent neurotoxin elaborated by the anaerobic spore-forming bacterium Clostridium tetani. Did I say that right? I hear it from the um, doctor. We may sound say it similar, but I think tetany is how I say it. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about, um, about tetanus in horses and um, First of all, um, you know how they get it, and then um, how you diagnose it. Okay, yeah. So um, a lot of them get it via a wound um, of some sort, um, uh, any kind of cut. It can even be superficial. Um, also, hoof abscesses have been blamed, and also obviously creating a wound. So anything like a surgical procedure, so something like a castration, um, they could get it because it's in the environment. Um, only a third, about only about a third of horses that get tetanus, people actually see the event or can see it. So sometimes it's like a puncture wound that then quickly heals over, and you didn't realise, but then the horse unfortunately got tetanus. So um, you can't always find the wound, but that is typically how they get it. And then um, to diagnose it, it's it's tough to diagnose in terms of there's no true test. Um, you could swab the wound, and you might find the um, bacterium or the spore in there. Um, but that's that's not very common. It's more on clinical signs, so what your horse is going through. Um, and I guess the, the first common clinical sign would be stiffness. Um, they get really stiff, and then as it progresses, their third eyelid starts to like prolapse and like move across their eye. Um, and then their jaw, jaw muscles can get really tight. So those are some some pretty clear symptoms. Um, that you know where to begin with with some kind of treatment. What is the the first step? Obviously, if you're concerned, the first thing to do is call your vet. But what would be the next step for you once you're uh, fairly sure that a horse has tetanus? Um, so if the wound is there, you can debride it. Um, so kind of like um, clean it up um, just to try and take away any possible cause um, or bacteria or toxins left in the wound so I'd, I'd clean that wound up really well to bride it get it to a fresh healthy uh, tissue bed um, and then antibiotics um, clostridium can respond to penicillin and um, so I would typically give a penicillin IV just because um, obviously their muscles are super sore already so adding an IM penicillin may make it a little bit sore but um, so we would typically go with IV penicillin and and maybe metronidazole also, um, so just two antibiotics there. But something that can also be pretty important is a tetanus antitoxin. Um, they need a lot of it, <laughs> and a fair amount of it, which makes it um, pretty expensive to initially treat for. Um, once the, the toxin is in the system um, and it's already bound to the nerve, you just have to wait for the symptoms to go away, but there'll still be some in the bloodstream that you can soak up with the antitoxin. So it won't totally reverse the effects that the horse already has, 
but it will hopefully prevent more effects coming into light kind of thing. So um, the tetanus antitoxin, typically given IV, um, um, is definitely um, what they would initially get. Wow. So now talk a little bit about um, about vaccinating and um, you know how um, how effective that is and how often you recommend doing that. Yeah, so um, it's pretty effective. Um, there there is some um, studies out there um, uh, where yes, some horses that have been vaccinated get it, but it, it they get a very mild disease of it um, if they get it, but. Um, I guess um, one of the studies of like 170 horses, I think, only four got it, and four got it that were vaccinated out of those 170, the rest weren't. So um, it definitely is definitely worth vaccinating for. Um, And then um, um, in terms of vaccinating, you want to vaccinate um, when they're about four to six months old, um, then about four to six weeks later, and then when they're about a year old. And then after that, um, booster yearly vaccination um, um, is when they would, when they should get it. If they have a wound or they're going to have a surgical procedure, you want to kind of make sure they've been vaccinated within the last m- six months. So if they haven't been vaccinated in those last six months, then um, your veterinarian can top them up at the time. Um, and then also if they're in foal, um, about four to eight weeks prior to foaling, um, you want to vaccinate the mare. Um, it is very important, again, um, that the foals, when they're born, get, get the colostrum from the mare so that they are protected in those first few weeks of life and they get a good, you, you measure their IgG and it's greater than 800 um, and so then you know that hopefully you've got that, um, that transfer of antibodies to the foal from the mare. Now is, a, um, is the severity of the wound make any difference? Um, to to the risk of the development of tetanus or it makes no difference whether it's superficial or a, or a deeper, more severe wound? Um, yeah, unfortunately it doesn't really make a difference. If, um, if there's any opening, um, they can get tetanus and so, yeah, a superficial wound can cause just as severe signs um, um, than, than, than a larger wound, yeah. So, Dr. Kent, um so if they do have, say they do come down with tetanus and you do do the whole protocol and everything, what is um, the, um, the repercussions afterwards? Are they more susceptible? Um, are they going to be able to go back to doing their, whatever like they were doing? Recovery. Yeah, what is their recovery period? And are they um, going to be able to go back to being like a competition horse again at say it was right all the stiffness yeah. and all that kind of thing i mean does everything yeah. kind of return to normal yeah so they can definitely return um um it's interesting um only a third that gets sent to a clinic um will live so it is pretty in terms of the survival it's pretty low wow. so um that's why that makes you want to absolutely to stick them. to your vaccines <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah and then once they get to about seven days, um, like post uh, treatment, they will probably, they will definitely still have clinical signs. But you hope by that stage they're over the worst of it, and you hope that they will survive. Um, and then in terms of returning to competition, it can take a while. Um, um, uh, we had a case of a clinic um, that did survive and has done rather well. 
Um, but still, you know, several months on has a bit of a stiff neck. Um, I don't think, like, I know it's there. I saw the horse's stiff neck when it was at the clinic and, um, you know, but I, it's not severe enough to cause them not to be able to compete at this stage. But you just know that that's still working. So they should come back to normal, like, completely. Um, but um, it can take some time. Um, so um, it, they, in the future, in terms of will they get it again, they could still get it again. So then you still need to keep vaccinating. Um, so keep vaccinating post a, um, post a problem. But, um, and, they, and they should, yeah, return to competition. It is an expensive condition to treat, um, but if they survive, um, they, they shouldn't be uh, too affected. Now, with the one that you were talking about that still has the stiff neck, I mean, how eventually do you foresee that going away altogether, or is that something it might possibly always have? I think it should go away, um, um, and the client's really great with the horse and is working on, like, massaging and um, things just to, uh, just to loosen it up, and, and they're seeing um, improvement, so it should go away. That's good. Very good. Anything that you want to add? Um, any questions? Put any? it in perspective. What's the cost of a tetanus vaccine yes. compared to the cost of, <laughs> yeah, cost of a hospital good. bill? Yeah. yeah, the cost of a tetanus you know. vaccine in comparison to the possible long-term treatment of something like that is... Um, there's no question yeah. that it's uh, it's worth doing the the tetanus vaccine. <laughs> Absolutely, no question. Certainly, yeah. and I do have one question. So, if somebody say they weren't sure if their horse had a tetanus um, vaccine, and you gave them another one, um, would that would there be any complications for that, or is that like overdoing it? But yeah, good question. They forgot. Um, yeah. and or they bought a horse and they didn't yeah, know. Yeah, and they didn't know and they, they weren't told that the horse had, you know, had already been vaccinated. Is it better to Is go ahead and do, do it? it? Or would that cause, you know, some type of reaction? Yeah, no, it should be okay. I would personally go ahead and do it. Um, you shouldn't have any problems. Um, obviously, just any vaccination can cause them perhaps to become a bit sluggish or have a stiff neck just for a few days afterwards. Um, but tetanus actually is pretty safe in that respect. Like it, it doesn't. You don't normally get any uh, problems afterwards. And then, yeah, if you over vaccinate, the horse would still be fine. Okay, that's good to know. Yeah. So it's much better to just do it. Do it if you have any well, doubts about when like you did it. When uh, with a human, if you, you know you go to the doctors and they ask you same thing. When was your last tetanus? Uh, I don't know. I have no idea when mine was. <laughs> They're going to give my it horse to you. is on the other hand. No question. <laughs> <laughs> Me. Probably 20 years. That's not good. <laughs> I know, for a long time. It's terrible. I don't practice what I preach, but my horses are always vaccinated. <laughs> without, yes, they also get fed before everybody yeah. else do. <laughs> Sad but true. Uh, Dr. Ken, thank you so much for joining us again uh, today. And I'm going to try to talk Peterson and Smith into um, having you record their radio commercials from now on. <laughs> Because we love listening to you talk. <laughs> They're ganging up on us. I know, you're getting a, getting a fill of the Brits this morning. Uh, where, in, where, where in England are you from, Dr. Kent? Um, just near London. Oh, okay. And how long have you been here? Um, I've been in a car for about three and a half years. Oh, lovely. Well, welcome.
It's, you know, of all the places in Florida, it's the most like England as far as the countryside and all of that, so. Except uh, for the sunshine. Yeah. Uh, not the sunshine, no, no, that's right. Not the sunshine, no. We don't have this sort of weather in England at all, do we, Dr. Kenton? No. <laughs> thank you very much. I hope you have a wonderful weekend, and thank you so much for joining us on the Horse Talk Show today. No worries. Hi guys, this is Louisa Barton. I really hope you've enjoyed this edition of the Horse Talk Show podcast. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter and YouTube and let me know what you thought. Now please go out there and share the podcast.